Customers love options. Bike builders like options too. When you're looking for the highest quality plug and play lighting for your V-Twin, why not make the same choice as professional builders and make the switch to electric lighting? Electric lighting is the choice of builders like Dave Perowitz and Corey Ness. Even builders like myself have made the switch to electric lighting. Electric quality isn't just quality you can see, electric quality is quality you can feel. Did I mention that electric lighting was the first manufacturer to offer a lifetime warranty on all LED turn signals? Visit your local independent motorcycle shop or online at www.namscustomcycleproducts.com. As a lifelong mechanic, I figured I'd already tried every type of hand cleaner imaginable. From mom's dish soap to dad's pumice bars. From powders to lanolin-based cleaners. I was just about to give up, say forget it, and mix up my own concoction. But then I heard about Full Bore Hand Cleaner. Full Bore isn't just another hand soap. Full Bore is a hand scrub. Full Bore is formulated right here in the USA with features like soft abrasives, skin moisturizers, and special odor eliminators. So there's no need to rewash your hands before dinner. Full Bore also has no harsh solvents, and that means there's no sticky film left behind, and Full Bore won't irritate open cuts. When you're ready to get clean, go Full Bore. Visit FullBoreClean.com and enter the code GARAGEBUILT to receive free shipping on orders over $70. Episode 24 of the Hell on Wheels Garage Built Podcast. Uh, sat down this time with a dude I follow on Instagram and just found him to be interesting. He's a vegan biker. He is also a veteran. His name is Justin. He goes by Justin FLHX on Instagram. And we just basically shot the shit, got to know each other a little bit, and had a good time. Episode 25 is coming up. I'm saving episode 25. It's already in the can, but I've got to edit it down. It's my buddy and I, Lieutenant Tony Allaire from the Polk County Sheriff's Office. So that one will be coming out within a day or two. Make sure you visit our sponsors, Electric Lighting and Full Bore Hand Cleaners. And enjoy the podcast. Jason, speed metal. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. So I do this on Skype because I can, I can run it through my board and I get pretty good audio out of it. So, oh, good deal. How's it sound? Good. No, it does. It sounds real good. Do you have a good signal and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. All right, perfect, perfect. So, um, just so you know, I, have you ever done this before? No, you're uh, you're popping my cherry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm honored. You know how to make a girl blush. <laughs> so um, all we do is we're just having a conversation, and I record it. And you know, if anything comes out that you know you're like, hey, you know, can you? Yeah, I dropped an f bomb too many or what? I don't care. You can talk however you want. It's explicit. It's listed as explicit. I don't care. You can say whatever you want. So, um, but okay. Normally, um, I'm trying to get to where I'm having more pedestrians on. Uh, you know, people that, that kind of view – I have enough people that I know that come in and out of this space that know the motorcycle industry from the inside out. So 
What I want right. to be able to do is talk to some guys that view it from the outside in. I mean, you're an interesting dude. I've watched, I've watched your, you know, your feed over the last like three years, I think. And, um, there's yeah. seen some ebbs and flows in, in your life and, you know, you get to know people on social media. So, so dude, I've got to tell you that I've watched you over the last couple of years on your Instagram feed. And I just want to get right into like a couple of things. You're like the biggest Dixon flannel guy on the planet. You're a, you, you champion that brand pretty regularly. Yeah, and, I uh, do. either through, uh, through buying and selling Dixon flannels to, to change, uh, to, fit your lifestyle and then get into lifestyle. I've watched you over the last, I want to say it was, I, I went back and looked and I want to say it was three years that you made a big change in your life and you decided to go yeah. vegan. Yeah, that's uh, just uh, the vegan was a change about, uh, it's been about 18 months on, on just that for me. Um, and I guess with everything comes a story. Um, do, do, like, do you want, do you want that story on how? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, here's the thing is like, so, um, there's a lot of people like I, I've, I've tried, I've, you know, I've kind of pulled back from some of the, I've definitely pulled back from the shit food that I used to eat, you know, Burger King, McDonald's, Taco Bell. I do still have to have that every once in a while, you know, just out of necessity or it's too late. It's, you know, I, that's, here's the thing. I think that's what those meals should be for. I don't think that those meals should provide sustenance for anybody, right? So, you know, yeah. when you're a little kid, do you remember when you were little kids? Dude, I don't know how old you are, but when we were little kids, yeah. it was exciting to go to McDonald's because they had the Playland and you had Grimace and you climb oh, on yeah. the statues and all that shit and you've got a Happy Meal and you usually got some sort of shitty toy in there, right? But Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Those are not designed to be meals for sustenance. Those are meals that out of uh, convenience, right? So... Yeah, absolutely. Everybody kind of makes these altered, these altered states, and and uh, I found myself pulling back, and I found my wife sneaking in portobello mushrooms instead of steak. And at first, I was like, go. I was pissed. I'm like, I don't look, man. I'm a meat eater. I'm a, you know, I'm an American man. I'm a mechanic. I'm I'm I want to I want to eat I want to eat dead animals, and and I I will tell you, I still do. I, I you know, I I love a good steak. I love a good meal. But the older I get, I'm 46 now. And I can tell you that after I eat steak and, and compare that to after I eat something healthy that's, you know, organically grown and properly and freshly prepared, I, I guess the only word I can think of is clean. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I absolutely agree. And I'm the same way. I, I, uh, I just turned 39 a couple weeks ago. Um, and I've been a meat eater, uh, my whole life, you know, grew up, you know, on the poor side, just like everybody else, maybe, uh, further more poor. Um, but you know, we ate, you know, the, the chicken and hot dogs on Tuesday and, and that was just, that was just a thing. And, um, so yeah, it's weird being involved in the, in the biker community, like being a vegan now, right. Cause I'm not the preachy guy. I'm not the guy, uh, you know, blocking traffic, um, there are people for that. That's not me. I, uh, my, my story starts, um, with my younger brother. Um, he's three years younger than me. About two years ago, he was, uh, diagnosed with type two diabetes. Um, so of course they tell you at the doctors, you know, like your, your diet caused this, right. Um, right. and they tell you what you need to change to, to correct it. Um, but the problem is that 99% of people, they just want to know, which which of these pills or what pills do I have to take every day so that I don't have to change anything? I don't think right? that that's it's, it's so, it, 
that's such a weird way to look at things. And, and I get somebody looking at that when you're in your twenties, but I, I, I don't yeah. see looking at that when you're in your thirties, upper thirties and your forties and certainly not, I'm in my late forties now. And, um, I don't want to dude it. I can tell you right now, there's a couple of deal breakers for me with doctors. And one of them is I won't take any, like if they ever prescribed for me and I don't have, I don't have depression issues. I mean, I think I have, your garden variety bad days you know what i mean sometimes those bad, sure. sometimes those bad days are strung together but i don't have any post-traumatic stress disorder i had a great childhood i mean we were poor but i had a great childhood my parents always made sure we had what we we're supposed to have and everybody did what they were supposed to do and my parents you know my dad passed away a year and a half ago and my parents were married yeah. and you know what i mean like i had so like my family ticked all those boxes but my dad had type 2 diet type two diabetes. And I watched him. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, you got to stay away from what red meat, right? Uh, white rice, yeah, potatoes, yeah. potato chips, anything basically like a, a white kind of a, a food, right? I mean, that, 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 mm -hmm. that's number one. If you do that, you can manage these type two diabetes for some people with, with, yeah. with food, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my brother, uh, my brother, you know, left the doctor and he said, you know what? And he left the doctor's office. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a vegetarian now, like walking out the door. Um, he did that for three months before he said, you know, cause we're, we're just like everyone else in America. We, we love cheese, right? We were addicted to cheese. And, and that was why he walked out saying that I'm going to be vegetarian, not vegan. Cause he didn't want to give up cheese. Right. Um, so after three, so after three months, he said, you know what? Um, I'm going to go vegan tomorrow. I'm going to get rid of, you know, get rid of the dairy, but I'm, I'm going to go to Whataburger and I'm going to get one last burger tonight with burger, cheese, the worst, and then tomorrow I'm vegan. So he did that, and um, hmm. we're two years past it now, and um, I don't want to tell his story, but his story kind of commingles mine. Um, so during his first six months, three months uh, vegetarian and three months vegan, I probably asked him a, a million questions, like literally a million questions. Um, and, and we live together too. So he's right here. So it's not like phone calls that sit next to each other. Like right. he's my brother. And, um, just a little bit that I learned from him, you know, watch this documentary, you know, read this article. I was like, man, this is like, like, where has this information been? Like, is like, who's hiding this information from us? The sugar lobby and, for you know, one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all the companies that pay the, the government to make that food triangle of what we should eat. Um, that's such a shit and, show and to too. each his own. Yeah. And, and to each his own, like I'm, I'm, I'm not mad, you know, at anybody that, that wants to eat meat like that. It's fine. Like my, my wife and my son, they're, they're still meat eaters. You know, they try to eat, you know, not as much meat, but yeah, I haven't had any since, since that one day I said, you know what, I'm going to try it. My brother was meal prepping for the week. So he didn't have to like cook all week. He just cooked once on the weekend and right. your lunches and dinners were there. And I said, Hey, uh, you know, gave him what extra food would cost. And I was like, Hey, meal prep me this and, and I want to try it. And, um, I tried it the first week and I was like, man, I, I felt, I felt great. Like I just did a light switch change like overnight. And, uh, even as many people as I've talked to about it, I don't recommend that. Um, cause it, it you know, it could be hard. Right. Um, it was a little easier <laughs> for me because my brother was, my brother was already making meals. He was already planning out meals. So like, I, I didn't have to do that. I just, I just paid extra for food and he just cooked the double, you know, instead of, you know, half for himself or whatever. Right. Um, but after the first week I was like, man, it feels weird. Like I weigh myself every day and I was, I was 
just starting to work out. I was going through a shitty time. I had gamed away. I had missed out on an opportunity for promotion at work. So like, I was like in a funk, I guess is all I could say. Dude, and, your um, Instagram feed. I was like, so I didn't, I didn't, I don't do a lot of show prep, right? I, I'm, I'm eventually going to get to where, you know, I, you know, just so you know, like my background, I went to school to be on the radio and was on the radio for a little, for a short time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard that. And so, but I don't do a lot of show prep, but I was going back through your feed like a couple of weeks ago when I reached out to you and I'm like, damn, I'm like this dude, you can see like the, the arc of, of that change. And, you know, just yeah. in I, not, you know, not trying to sound weird. And, you know, I know this is a motorcycle podcast and we'll get to the motorcycles, but I just think this is, yeah, something yeah. That's, it's, it's, uh, well, the, First thing, I think it's okay for, for us to, it's 2020, you and I can have this conversation we want to. We're both about motorcycles. We both love motorcycles. So that's what brought us into each other's Instagram world. But we can have this substantive, substantive conversation about some some real talk about this is this is not a bad thing. So, But looking at your Instagram feed and seeing that arc of you getting what I would say healthier or in a different space yeah. is, unbelievable and if anybody is questioning that at all like i want someone to hear like okay so you you touched on a couple things you touched on you didn't say morality but basically like look you know it's it's it was a nutrition and diet based change so it wasn't uh it wasn't like a moral it wasn't a moral you know imperative that you stopped eating meat although no no yeah no not at first it was Go ahead, sorry. No, I was just say I, I have a healthy relationship with like my my daughter uh, has a has a small farm, and my son in law is uh, he does a lot with cattle, and so they're they're big time into that, and and so I can't say that uh, that it's a bad thing, you know. Both of my kids were FFA members, and yeah, and so you know I think having you know they were taught about the healthy relationship between the food that we eat and you know they raised both of my daughters raised cattle in school and pigs and you know and they took them they went through the whole thing dude they raised these things from from infants and babies all the way through to where they were mature had to take them to the auction had to auction them off and know that they were going Mm -hmm. where they were headed you know what I mean and so there's that there's the I think my kids have enough information to make an informed decision if they decide they want to continue to eat meat or not eat meat or however however they parse that out. But it's a very interesting thing that we're seeing. Uh, you mentioned, you know, where's this information been hiding? Well, first of all, it, 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 it's some of it is new information, wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you say so? Some of it. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, um, and I'd have to go back and look at the dates, but. Like just going back, if you just Google, um, does red meat cause cancer, right? It pops up this um, article from um, the World Health Organization. Um, And we'll go back in the day, like when cigarettes, they said, oh, cigarettes aren't healthy, right? But the Marlboro and all those other companies, I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Well, the same World Health Organization, they're the ones that classified cigarettes as a class one carcinogen, which is known to cause cancer. Right. Everyone believes to this day that cigarettes cause cancer, right? It's, it's not yeah, a secret. It's we all know it. If, yep. if you choose to do it, like you just like, oh, I just, I, I, it's my vice or I do it or I'm addicted. And I can't stop. Whatever reason, everyone knows that cigarettes cause cancer. The World Health Organization is the same company that said 
processed meat is also in the same category as cigarettes, class one carcinogen. Like to me, like reading that article, it was like, it was mind blowing. I was like, how, how is, how is the, the same label that's on cigarettes not on meat in the store? Like why? Like I was like 30, 36 years old. Like I, I didn't know this. Like how does, how do we not know this? Well, and how do we, if so, so that we was, know it, how come, how come, you know, why is our, our mothers and our fathers and our grandmothers and our grandfathers, they're all, I mean, you're talking about lunch meat, basically processed yeah, meat. Yeah. Lunch well, meat is a yeah. class one carcinogen, you know? Yeah. It's, it's crazy in that, you know, everybody, you know, I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to change everybody that is, is going to listen to this podcast and I'm not the, the uppity guy. And if I was just walking past you on the street, like we wouldn't have this conversation, right? Like you wouldn't know. Um, yeah, so you're I'm, not like, carrying just, a feet. You're not carrying like a sign or you don't yeah, have like a patch or yeah, a vegan tattoo. Right. Like, like those guys that you have a little Iron Man tattoo on the back of their, the back of their, uh, their calf. I'm like, oh, okay, this guy runs triathlons, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, he, <laughs> or did. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's not like a hand, secret handshake of vegans. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't, um, I mean, it's just my thing, like my, my coworkers and everybody, you know, you start doing something and you, I mean, you talk at work about what's going on in your life and, and they know me, they know my brother. So like, you know, and they follow our feed. So it's like, uh, you know, answer a bunch of questions and I'm like, Hey, just, just try it. Just like after one week, my brother was like, Hey, how do you feel? And I was like, honestly, like, I, I, I feel great. Like I, I weigh myself every day and my weight hasn't changed. I said, but honestly, after seven days, I had to pull my belt like one more notch. Like I didn't lose any weight, but for some reason my stomach was, I don't know if it was less bloated or if I, my body had just gotten rid of the junk that I had been eating, but I didn't have no new junk for the last <laughs> seven days. Um, but like to me, that was it. And then um, I started running and it's crazy. Cause uh, you know, I've been in a, I've been in the military. October 2019 was 20 years. So I've been in, really? the, in the Air Force. Uh, yeah, I've been in for 20 years. How much longer um, are you going to stay? And I vote, well, um, I got about 12 or 13 more. That's a whole nother story, too. Um, but, yeah, I've been in for 20 years. Um, and I always, uh, I always hated to run. I guess it was because I wasn't good at it. Uh. Um, but with this... Um, with my mindset change and like, so, you know, that had my, that happened. So I, I started eating a little healthier and, uh, you know, I, I'll give a lot of credit to, uh, Danny Dixon. I love that dude. Um, and his podcast, that right. dude, if no one's ever listened to that, they need to listen to that one. Cause I, I don't care if you don't like flannels. I don't care but like, if you don't like motorcycles, he is just an absolute, uh, inspirational guy. Like just his story, like his story, like is the American dream. Like, um, it true, it truly is. Um, so listening to those podcasts, man, they helped me a lot. And I just, I just started running and I was running one mile and I was running two miles and I was running three miles. And I got to the point where I was, I was running six days a week. Um, and every day was at least three miles. I tried to just do shorter runs, three miles during work days. Cause, um, I was getting up like three forty five to run on run days, Oof. um, to still get to work Oof. on time. But it was crazy. It was crazy because even though I was getting up earlier and I was losing an hour of sleep and I, I wasn't going to bed any earlier, I, I felt better during, I felt better all day long. Like no one understood it. I couldn't explain it. I'm like, 
I don't know what it is. Like, I just, I honestly, here I am, I'm 39 years old and I feel like I'm, I feel better than I felt when I was 21. Well, how much, how much weight have you lost total? Um, I mean, I know you had to sell all of your Dixon flannels. <laughs> yeah. And then you had, now you're buying them all in a different size, right? So you went from a what size to a what size? Well, I was wearing a large, um, and I, I, I honestly think that if I would have, if the first one I bought was a medium, I, I think I, even though I was, I lost 50 pounds. Jeez. Um, I, I still think, um, that's half so of some was, human beings. You realize that, right? That's half of what some human yeah. beings weigh. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big guy, but yeah, you can scroll back. I think when I was at one year, um, I did like a side by side. I put on the same flannel and I took a picture like the same angle. And it, I mean, I, I'm a man, but I can say like looking at those two pictures side by side a year apart, like it almost made me cry because right. like that that person that I saw a year prior. It, when I looked at myself in the mirror, it, it wasn't who I saw, you know, looking back now, I'm like, man, that was me. Like, fuck. That is like, funny. I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But yeah, I had, um, well, 65 or 70 large flannels. My, you had when that I many? First lost weight, I lost, <laughs> yeah, I lost it. Um, I lost it. <laughs> It might have been more. I no, no wonder. Quick. No wonder um, Danny's buying out buying uh, Silver Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> I think you paid for. You at least paid for a couple tanks of gas in that thing, dude. <laughs> um. Yeah. So my brother told me when I first started losing weight, he's like, "Man, you you need to you know downsize." And I'm like, "No way!" Like I just I don't know. Call it big man syndrome or little man syndrome. I was like, "No, man!" Like I I wear a large shirt, you know. Like and then um. Of course, over the course of the, the next six or eight months, I buy however many more drops. And then one day I was just like, God damn, this thing's fucking huge on me. Like, <laughs> so, so I order a medium. I'm like, man, this thing, this thing fits fucking perfect. The thorough good was my, my first medium. And I was like, man, nice. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, there's, there's no way I can like try to replace some of the other ones with still having a closet full. My wife was already like, <laughs> like, she doesn't understand, but she's got a thousand pairs of shoes. So. Yeah, well, I'm a shoe guy, and uh, I, I'm I don't have as many Dixons as you do, but I do have. I've got a I've got a nice collection of. I'm a, I'm a I my wife says I'm a hoarder. I like to think I'm more of a collector. So, like, I won't just buy anything yeah, uh, indiscriminately. Like I, you know, I won't pick like a brand and like even West Coast choppers. So mm-hmm. if you go back to like look at like the the what I collect and things. Um, I still have all of my hot rod magazines from when I was in high school back in the eighties. Wow. I have, but, but to be fair, they're all in plastic bags and they're all in like chronological order and they're all in vertical files. Like, you know, like, yeah. so I, Karen says they're, Karen says they're garbage and that I'm a hoarder and I say they're reference materials and I'm a collector. Right. So I have that stuff. Yeah, collect- collector. And I buy, I get a lot of like West Coast chopper stuff too, but I, I don't even buy that stuff indiscriminately. I'm very careful about what I buy and what I have because yeah. to be honest with you, dude, when we moved from Florida from Detroit, I had 10 years ago, I had to liquidate a lot of my stuff. And because I had made mindful purchases, uh, I, uh, I was able to, I was able to parlay that into enough, enough capital to help you know, not sustain us, but to help facilitate some of the moves and ease some of the pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that's, you know, 
I, I think hoarding is, is different. I think hoarding is a whole other story. Um, like hoarding is like when you're just uh, saving uh, an old sandwich because you ate half of it and yeah. and, it, and it made you happy. So you, so you wanted to save it forever. Like, God, like, I can't I, imagine I a sandwich that. making like a, me that happy though. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, if you've ever watched that show on TV, like, like th- these people are like, like they're saving, like, they're, yeah, saving, uh, yeah, banana peel or just, I mean, those people are bananas. Those people are straight yeah. up like crazy people. Like, it's funny yeah, because like, when you watch that show, you can watch somebody, you could have like the most intelligent conversation with somebody. Like, have you ever known a, a legitimate hoarder? Somebody that is a legitimate hoarder where you go to their, have you ever met anybody? No. So no. I, I've had it happen two times in my life. And I started hanging out with this kid when I was into BMX. This dude's named Kenny. He was a big, heavy kid, and he so he had everybody call him Fat Kenny. So I'm not I'm not disparaging him. I, that's what he went by was Fat Kenny. I couldn't tell you yeah, this guy's yeah, last yeah. name if you put a gun to my head. But he lived in the town that I lived in, and uh, I hung out with Fat Kenny one whole summer. Well, one of the times we were on our bikes, and he's like, "Hey, I got to stop by my house." We go over to his house, and I'm not kidding you, dude. He lived in about a two thousand square foot ranch, and there was okay. literally an eighteen inch path through the entire house, everything else was four feet or higher of stuff. And, you know, I I remember getting embarrassed when my mom and dad uh, picked me up in a car that didn't have a muffler on it, right? And I was like, you put me up down at the corner. I don't want, I don't want anyone to catch me. It was bad enough. My parents drove a uh, evergreen colored Fairmont wagon with U.S. postal hubcaps and a in a butternut yellow interior, right? It was bad enough that it was that car, but they had to drive me around with no goddamn muffler on it for a minute. And I remember thinking, you know, that's, that kind of stuff is what ruined me when I tell you we grew up poor, but so these orders though, they're they're It's, he wasn't embarrassed at all. It was just, that's, that's where he lived. That's what he did. And he was, that was, that was normal for him. Right. Yeah, it's normal for sure. Yeah, my and then my grandparents had a friend that uh, called my after my grandfather passed. This guy called. This guy was a high school teacher at the local high school, and he called my dad. And he's like, "Hey, you know, my dad had known this guy my dad's entire life. Right. This is in the late two two thousand five six, right around the that that decade. My grandfather had already passed. These people called my dad and said, "Hey." I need your help. My wife fell down and we can't get her up. So my dad's thinking, why in the hell are you calling me to drive 25 minutes to help get your wife off the ground? And his wife weighed about 500 pounds. And so my dad drives over there and he realizes that if they had called the, an ambulance, that these people would have been outed for being hoarders. Dude, these people defecated and urinated in their chairs in a bucket right next to it. And there was a path to their kitchen and a path to their bathroom, which they didn't use the shower. These people had never showered. And uh, the guy was only like 160 pounds. His wife was like 500 and she had fallen and couldn't get out of the mess. So she laid there for hours till my dad, till they finally called my dad and he went over there and he couldn't get her up. Had to call my brother-in-law and they went over there and my dad said, you can't, you people can't live like this. And it took 10 30 yard dumpsters to empty out a thousand square foot house. Oh my God. So yeah, do the horrible. math on that. 
do the math on that. So I don't know how we got off on that crazy tangent. Oh, we got about collecting dicks and flannels and collecting yeah. my magazine collection. <laughs> what are your other vices? You, you you ride a street glide, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, I got a street glide. Um, it's my second street glide. I had a uh, 2010. Um, had a lot of memories on it. A lot of states. Um, traded it in. Uh, would have been. A year and a half ago, so July 2018. Right. I had uh, I had some, I had some motor work done. Um, right. And um, I don't know. I just uh, I went on a trip. I came back. Um, and I blew like some base gaskets. So I was like, ah, eh, whatever. It's you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, I thought the guy that built my motor was gonna cover it. Um. And he was willing to do the work, but not for free. Right. Which I kind of feel is messed up. He's like, oh, you've had it a year. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like 10,000 miles. Like that's, that's, I was like, okay, fine. So I didn't even take it there for the repairs. I took it to Harley, let them fix it. So that way it was at least fixed from Harley. Um, right. And I, I drove home and I called my buddies up and said, hey, meet me at the house. We stripped uh, everything off it that, um, that I could take off it and I traded in the next day. I yeah. just, um, I, I kind of felt like, uh, as much as I hated to, I, I literally wanted to keep that motorcycle forever. I just felt like, uh, that it was just a, a downward, uh, spiral of pumping money into this motor build. I, I probably should have just said, fuck it and just bought a crate one Oh three stock and just left it in to keep the bike. But uh, I, I feel like we almost can't keep anything like motorcycles forever anymore. I, I, I don't, yeah. you know, like I just got rid of my 72 shovel head that had been in my family since 2000 and uh, it went to a good home. I mean, it's uh, Warren Lane has it down in Miami and you know, he doesn't, he buys and sells lots of bikes, but that's one of the bikes that'll stay kind of in that, in that group of bikes that he has down there. He doesn't sell very many motorcycles. You know what I mean? Once he yeah. gets a motorcycle, it kind of hangs onto it. So I feel pretty comfortable about that. But, I, you know, I mean, aside from the odd FXR old old shovel head, I don't I don't feel like people keep things like they used to. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I uh, I, I had a you know I had a long time. I bought a brand new uh, like September '09, and it was a 2010. So it was, you know, and I had it for. Nine years, I guess, uh, had 65,000 when I traded in. So, I mean, I, I, I rode it. Um, yeah, that's not and, bad. Uh, I mean, you're hitting 6,000 miles a year-ish. Yeah, yeah, I had higher years and lower years. Um, I guess definitely more at first. As I've gotten older, I've wanted to um, ride less and less when it's cold. And I know we don't get a <laughs> tr true winter here like I uh, had growing up. But uh, once you're here and you get acclimated to the summer, like even our winters are cold for us. Right. Oh, I'm in Florida, dude, and and I grew up in Detroit, and uh, I spent some of my some of my childhood in Houston, and I can remember how cold winter seemed there, and then the first year mm -hmm. I moved back to Michigan, I remember how really cold that really felt, and then now I've been down here for ten years, and I'll tell you what, man, it gets colder in a well digger's ass down here, and I'm you know it'll be fifty degrees, and it's like a, a weird wet cold kind of thing that I'm just like this is miserable. I'm not riding. I don't. You know, I don't get a yeah. chance to ride anywhere near as much as, as I want to, but uh, I, I know exactly yeah, I think where that's, you're coming that's everybody. from. Yeah, the only person I know that gets to ride as much as they want to is Jace. Yeah. Jace seems to get more riding in than anybody I know. And then the fucker rubs it in everybody's face, too. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. like, look, dog, if I'm going to Sturgis, I, I no, I am going to ride to Sturgis uh, here. I, I, I need to do it a couple times. I'm, uh, I won't be this year because I've made too many plans already. But mm-hmm. I think next year I'm going to ride from here to Abilene, <clears throat> and I'm going to make Cody's happy ass get on a motorcycle and ride the rest of the way um, with me. But uh, I don't, uh, I, you know. I don't get to ride near near as much as I want to, and and I tell Jace all the time, look, man, it's I I have no problem sitting in the passenger seat of Cam's, you know, Nissan Titan and uh, and playing on my iPad for a day and a half. You know what I mean? I I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. So, where did yeah, you uh, um, where did you grow up at? So I grew up. Uh, so everyone that's listening, don't hold it against me if you ever meet me because I'm uh, it's my past, <laughs> my past. <laughs> Um, I grew up in upstate New York, um, kind of 40 minutes northwest of Albany, right on. Um, in a small town, small town called Johnstown. Um, I left there when I was 18 and pretty much never looked back. Um, most of my family's still there, but I just don't have anything in common with it anymore. Right. That makes any sense. No, I get that. And then, so you've been in the military for 21 years. You have a, I see every once in a while, every once in a while you post pictures of your beautiful wife and your family and stuff. And so you've got a little boy, right? He's he's about 11 or 12. Yeah. He'll be 13 in July. Uh Oh, terrible teens. (laughs) Yeah. Does he like motorcycles? Uh, He does. Yeah. I've had him. uh, He's been riding on the back of mine since he was four. Nice. Um, So even first I would, uh, I strapped him on like around the tour pack with a belt just so he couldn't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was so little when he, he first started riding that I was afraid he was going to like fall off. But, uh, yeah, we don't ride together much, um, anymore. He's getting older and it's, you know, it's not as cool to no, be with dad. He's going through that phase, but right. they come back, dude, they um, come back, but they do leave around this oh, time yeah. and then, and then they come back. Girls are even worse. Girls are even worse because when they come yeah. back, when, you know, to me, when, uh, you know, I peeled off from my dad and didn't want to hear any of his, any of his shit and didn't, didn't think he knew what he was talking about and all that stuff. And then I came, when I came back, we were friends, right? We were both adult. We were men. We were into the same shit. The girls, they get rid of you. You know, they fuck you off in your, in, in the teens. And then, and then they call you when it's, and I'm not complaining. I love my daughters. I have two beautiful daughters that are both very independent, very successful, but they come back and when they first come back, they don't come back as a friend. They come back because usually because they need daddy's help, which is good. I was glad I was able to be there for that. And my wife and I, thankfully I've been married for 26 years and my wife's awesome. Yeah, and and you know, awesome. we've, we've been together since, you know, high school. So that, that's always a, that's always a good thing. So it, it allows our kids to know what, you know, we, we expect from ourselves so that they can kind of govern themselves. So they know what we expect from them, you know, cause we're not raising kids. We're raising adults ultimately. For sure, yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk about your twenty-year military career. That's a that's a big okay. feat, and I and I thank you for your service. You're in the Air Force. What is your? Can you talk about what yes. you do and and kind of yeah how, yeah where I'm, that's yeah, taking you and stuff? No, uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I've been a vehicle mechanic the whole time. Very good. Um, so I'm a mechanic at trade too. Um, I definitely don't turn as many wrenches uh, these days out in the shop as I used to. I'm kind of getting to leadership and um, I'm a money spender too. So I buy a lot of, I buy a lot of the parts for the guys. And um, so I know my way around wrenches, I guess. Um, 
more cars than bikes, but I know it's uh, similar. Um, so I, I mean, I've done some work on my bikes, uh, but I've deployed a couple times to Kuwait. Uh, I deployed the first time in like uh, two, uh, what was it, two thousand three? Um, deployed the first time, you know, after nine eleven. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people came in after nine eleven. Um, right. And that's awesome. We definitely needed it and need it. But um, I came in straight out of high school. Um, I was already in when 9-11 happened. That was, um, I mean, it was it was life-changing for, for anyone that remembers it. I don't care if they were one or, or 50. Um, yeah, right. That's our that's our JFK moment of our generation, right? I mean, I can remember, <clears throat> I can remember uh, my earliest memory like that. Well, the only other, there's three things that have happened in my life. I can remember when John Lennon was murdered. Cause I remember my dad coming back in the house in the morning at, you know, six 30 in the morning before he went to work. Cause my parents didn't watch NFL football and that's where it was announced to the world. Howard Cosell announced oh. that, that, you know, John Lennon had been shot outside of the Dakota and you know, he was dead, blah, blah, blah. So my dad came in. And I remember that. Then I remember when the challenger explosion happened. And then obviously I can remember what I was doing, where I was at the whole thing on September 11th. And so I never even, you know, I have never even thought for one second until you just mentioned it. The, I know what the immediate change was for a civilian. I remember everybody being pissed. I remember, and I remember yeah. a bunch of people signing up. I mean, there, there was a conversation, I think, in every circle of friends around every dinner table. I think every able-bodied man in this country, at least considered that that might be a possibility but i never in thought and in, in, in until just now when you said that what was how did that did that play out for you guys the same way it played out for us i mean were you watching it live while you were doing your job and then everybody was kind of talking around the water cooler and gasping and you know or, or was yeah it, the um y- y- yes um of course when the like, no, like obviously nobody saw the first one um but that's what got everybody talking um when I first heard it, I mean, I was, let's see, what was I? I was 20. I wasn't quite 21 yet. Um, so I was just, a, I mean, I was literally just a kid. Um, but it was one of those like, oh, a plane hit the World Trade Center. And over the course of the years, like, they've had a couple, like, small planes, like those little ones yeah. have, have hit a couple of those buildings in New York City. So it was almost like, oh, it's it's not really a big deal. Um but of course, it's a time where everyone's like, "Oh, because this is it's live on the news everywhere. They're talking about it." So everybody's standing in front of every TV, and uh, I mean, I I remember exactly where my feet were planted. Yep. Looking uh, when I saw that second one came in, and I was just like, "Oh man!" Every everyone knew like like that that was it. Like it it was this wasn't no the first one wasn't no small plane. Like it was. Where where were you stationed? Oh, uh, here at Lackland. So you how okay so are you are you one of these guys that has had the benefit of kind of kind of being able to be in in a certain space or a certain region like I've got a guy that works for me that's been moved around more than a gypsy Yeah um so kind of sorta um so when I first came in I came in 99 uh, I came in active duty um so I came here for Lackland for basic training they shipped me off um to Oxnard, California, <laughs> if anyone knows where that is. To, I know the uh, name. Our, uh, our, our tech school was commingled with the Navy at uh, Port Wyneme. Um So I went to there for tech school. 
Um, at the time, I was married to uh, my ex-wife, um, and we got um, I got orders to Effie Warren in Wyoming, and then she had orders to here at Lackland. So we had to pick like which place do we want to go. And I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to go back to Lackland because even though I had only been here for six weeks for basic training, it was familiar. I guess. I guess uh, I'm not right. really big on changes change. so i wanted to go back to someone go <laughs> joins back to the military was, but so I, it's not big on change <laughs> let's talk about irony yeah. <laughs> I've, I've learned Has a lot. 70 dicks and flannels doesn't like change <laughs> doesn't want to sell his motorcycle um, doesn't like change yeah so so i did six years here active duty um i i deployed while i was here um so back and then so my my enlistment was up in 05 during that time, former President Bush, uh, most people probably never heard of this, uh, but the Air Force and the military did a forced shaping um, where he cut 30,000 troops um, for no reason. He didn't, you know, it wasn't because you were bad or anything like that. They just uh, broke it down into, um, we'll say, career fields um, for layman's terms. And if any of them were overmanned, per se, because of we're in a war, so everything's bumped up. Now the overmanned crew fields, you can't reenlist. Okay. So I was uh, I was forced out in 05 due to forced shaping. Um, I uh, went to work for uh, Brinks, the armored car company, for a year. Right. Um, and that was it was a cool job. Um, but man, it was back breaking work. If anybody doesn't realize how heavy money is, it is heavy. Um, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't was, know I anything about how heavy money is. Let me tell you. <laughs> I mean, more change than anything, but yeah. So, um, and then I realized like there was like, oh, there's the, you know, there's a guard in reserve. So I, I joined the local guard unit um, and I was just like what they call like a weekender for a year. Did you have to do basic came again? came in and did my, no, no, no. I didn't okay. have to do basic again. Well, that's good, right? I mean, so I just, that's good. I just didn't. Yeah, for sure. Um, almost uh, anybody that like, as long as you've gone to basic training, you can, go to any other other of the services except uh, Marines, to the Marines. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. So I didn't have to go to basic. I stayed in the same career field. I was like, I'm a wrench turner. So I'm going to, uh, the local um, guard unit had a vehicle maintenance. So I, you know, I went there and met the chief and then I was just like uh, a weekend or like the one weekend a month, two weeks a year. I did that for a year. Um, and then I got picked up as a, a, a temporary technician which is a term uh, the guard uses um, just a way. Uh, like, so like during the week, you're a civilian civilian. I would get paid on a different pay scale, even though I still wore my uniform every day. Right. So I had 12 years of that. So even though that counts as military years, uh, years in service, it doesn't count towards um, retirement. It's all, it's all, it's all on a point system, right? So to retire, like at 20 years, like most people think like active duty 20 years, it's all points. You get one point a day. So if you do 365 days a year times 20 years, I think it's like 7,200 points. And that's how many points you need to like retire and then immediately start claiming like that 50% your retirement. Right. So for this 12 years that I was uh, a technician, I didn't get points for during the week. I would get points for, I, I still, I still drilled on the weekend, so I okay, still get, get points for the weekend. One weekend a month, two weeks out of the year kind of deal? Yeah, so I would still get those points. 
Um, but then last January, I got picked back up on, we call it an HER, active guard reserve, which puts me on the same, um, like, it's almost the exact same status as active duty. It's the same pay and the same entitlement. Right. I'm just still part of that same unit. So I don't, I won't have to, I don't have to PCS. And that's why I, I didn't move around. And that's why I've been able to be here for 20 years. I just happened, I just happened to be here for six years during my active duty time. And then I joined the guard here. So that's why I never had to move around. Well, I mean, that's uh that's, that's clever. I mean, you obviously like doing yeah. what you're doing. You obviously like with the, being with the group that you're working with, you know? Yeah, I do. Um, isn't your wife's military I mean, no, too, isn't she? Yeah, my wife, um, she did 20 years and retired, and then now she's uh, – oh, wanna... She got you a sugar mama. <laughs> yeah, That's so awesome. she's a I'll, – I'll say she's older than me. So she did 20 years, and she retired uh, She retired active duty in 04, and then uh, she got um, a true civilian job with the Air Force as um, like a fleet manager on the active duty side. So she's got 35 years total service now. That's fantastic, dude. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I've got um I've got a couple friends. Like I never knew as many people in the military as I did as I have now that I moved to Florida because McDill Air Force Base is there. And to be fair, mm -hmm. a lot of people like to retire in Florida. So I have a huge Oh, absolutely. I have excuse me, I have a huge base of customers that are all military and it's it's awesome. It's opened my eye. That's why I'm so interested in your story because, or, you know, this part of your story, because mm -hmm. I find that they're so, uh, it's very interesting that why people go into the military. So, I mean, you know, lots of different reasons. Hang on one second, Justin. Sorry about that. I was like, I had to keep coughing, and I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta get something, or I'm gonna drive this dude crazy and have to edit out all those little coughs and stuff. So, but I've got, yeah. you know, I've got customers no that I've built bikes for that are, you know, I built, I built bikes for customers that are a lot of retired guys that are younger than you know, Navy and Air Force, and there's a lot of Navy and a lot of Air Force and a lot of Army here, and both of the guys that work for me. Um, I don't know if you were watching uh, on social media last November, but November second one of my guys got killed and he it's a it's kind of a sad story the dude was in the air force for 21 years retired um i don't know what is he was a an nco or, or non-commissioned mm -hmm. officer right had a uh, good, good yeah. pension good guy got out of the military got married had two little babies gets killed on november 2nd by a drunk driver just a, a needless senseless thing to have happen but that, you know, just, it kind of hits home, you know, like I didn't realize how many people uh, around me are military vets. And there's so many in our business because so many military vets use their GI bill to go to motorcycle mechanics Institute, which is an hour from here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. So, I mean, um, I mean, I, uh, I, I didn't, um, I didn't join the military to, to serve my country per se. I, I joined the military to get me out of the town I lived in. Um, 
certainly that's turned into serving and absolutely loving my country. And not that I didn't love it then, but I was an 18 year old kid. I really didn't know anything about the country. Like I just knew um, my stepdad, he, he was in um, a guard unit in New York and he's the one that even convinced me to, to, to go active duty versus join the guard unit that he's at. He was like, just, just join active duty and, and see something else other than this place. Um, and some, I'm glad he pushed me towards that. You had a good stepfather. A lot of people don't have good stepfathers. You know, my uh, yeah, he did. I, I, my my senior year in high school, I went down to the you know, um, that was the year that uh, Desert Storm happened. Uh, was it De- Desert Storm? The was Desert Storm the first one in '99 or '91 uh, rather? I think it was Desert Storm. I'd have yeah. to look it up. Desert Storm, Desert Shield. Like, Desert to me, Storm was like one co-mingled. Okay. But, sure, they are. Yeah. And they are for, for guys that were in around the time that you were in. But this is 91, so it was Desert Storm. I went down. I was a senior in high school. My parents were pressuring me to go to school. And I didn't do I was not going to college. I was not going to a four-year university. I was not going to go waste my time and spin my wheels for two years to get an associate's degree. I wanted to be a mechanic. I've always wanted to be a mechanic. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to have my own business. You know, when I was 12 years old, I was making business cards out of card stock uh, for mowing lawns. You know what I mean? I've always been kind of want to do my own thing. I didn't, I, I played a couple team sports. You know, you have to play football. If you're a kid growing up in Texas, it's required, right. especially back then. And so I was into BMX, which is an individual sport, right? So I went down to the Marine office because my dad was a Marine and I went and signed up and the whole deal and they started calling the house and I went home and told my dad, I'm like, hey, you know, this is what I did. He goes, you're you're not going into the Marines. It's not going to happen. And so he basically forbid me to go and I'm 18. I was 17 at the time. You know, you're going to, to some degree, you're going to listen to what your dad says if he starts pushing that hard. So I I never went in. Right. It's been, I'm okay with it now, but for a lot of years, it really bothered me that I didn't. It really did bother yeah. me. And then by the time when, you know, I had two kids when uh, when 9-11 happened, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't in a, I, even though, like I said earlier, the conversation occurred in almost every circle at every dinner table, I didn't, uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't see any way through to do that. I didn't see any, uh, I didn't see that yeah, I contribute. Does that, that make any sense? Oh, absolutely. And and everyone can't like it, even as much as, as every red blooded American, you know, after that happened, like they're like, you know, what can I do? Like the military literally couldn't take everybody. Right. Um. So so like don't look don't feel bad looking back like everyone couldn't come. And, and maybe if you did come, you wouldn't be where you're at today. I mean, I guess just I'm a firm put a, believer just in that. Put a positive spin on it. Yeah, yeah I'm a firm sure. believer in that. Um, I wouldn't trade anything. Look, I wouldn't trade. You know, I wouldn't trade any amount of wealth, really would not, wouldn't trade any amount of anything to change the experience that I've had, even though I've done some really dumb shit, but it got me here. Does that make any sense? Like, I've done some really dumb shit, dude. And, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at now and, and that. So, um, changing gears a little bit, uh, you, you got a chance, you got to go to Jace's party. Yeah. Give us a rundown of that. Like, no, I've heard, I've heard all kinds of like little anecdotes and stuff. And I saw the pictures. I was so pissed. I tried getting there that weekend and I can't even remember what I was doing, but it didn't end up, I didn't end up being able to go there for another week or two after that. Yeah, it was, it, it was, I mean, it was fun. Um, 
it was kind of cool, like getting to, I got to put names to faces for, uh, you know, a few of the people that like, you're just like Instagram friends or Instagram right. buddies with that. Like you feel like, you know, um, um, like yeah, Steve Chamberlain, I like to finally, <clears throat> yeah. Like out in, then it, it's hard even on, um, like some of the guys that have been on Jace's podcast, like I know, like I know Joe Kidd wasn't there or whatever, but like I've heard, I've heard him talk like so much. Like I feel like I know him. He literally like, who's this guy? Like, (laughs) but I've heard him talk and have conversations for like six to eight hours. You know, the total and the the time that he's been on there. Um, Justin Kelly from Hangem High Customs. He's another one. Uh, He seems like a totally awesome dude. Uh, To meet Midwestern Grinder, right? Oh yes, yes. Aaron, Aaron's one of my yeah, boys, po- dude. <clears throat> oh yeah, you just posted a picture with him the other day, right? Well, him and Jace uh, on on Facebook. Him and Jace, I think he posted a picture. Of he and Jace, but oh, I'm, it was Jace and him. That's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, I'm building. So I'm building I, I a like bike that right picture. now. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. He's yeah. A, so he's a good it was. Dude. Yeah, the IMS show. It was. It was my first time ever at an IMS show. I didn't really. I didn't really know what to expect. I've heard about it and, you know, other podcasts because they were talking about it coming up and how previous years were. And I don't know, I guess it was, it was cool for what it was, I guess. Like I'm just, it wasn't super expensive to get in. So I didn't, I didn't care. Like I'm glad it was inside because it was balls cold that weekend. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Texas for you. It was probably super warm the, the day before and then the morning we left the ride up there it was oh man it was so cold yeah i'll talk to cody one day and it'll be 80 degrees or 70 degrees 75 degrees the next day he's like fuck around man it's 23 degrees where exactly are you at you said you're by san antonio or el paso yeah right in san antonio san antonio yeah right on i've you know i've never been to the alamo i feel i feel like a horrible really yeah when i was a kid so a friend of mine is the sheriff constable in hood county texas i think that sound right I don't know. I'd have to look. But anyway, when I was living in Texas as a kid, uh, him and his older brother, they tied me up and uh, initiated me as a uh, as an honorary Texan, tied me to a tree and left me out in a rainstorm. So that was my they said, you're an honorary Texan. They did that on Thanksgiving Day at their grandmother's house out in the country in Texas. So I anybody gives me any shit about not being not being a real Texan. I'll just dial that dude up. He's you know, he's as honest as they come. And uh He'll 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 verify for me, but uh, I'm. Yeah, you you got to have him make you a certificate or something. Yeah, you know I probably should. Do you want to hear a funny story? So, do you smoke cigars or you have any other vices? Um, yeah, I, I'm a little bit uh, a little bit into cigars too. Um, I've cut back probably the last year or so, but um, I guess when I was uh, drinking a lot, I was smoking a lot. I guess. Right. Yeah. Do you still drink? But no, um, I, I haven't drank in like about ten months. Right. Is that just like I a just, cogn- um, just a cognizant choice or not wanting to do it anymore? Just bored. Um, yeah, I think it was a little bit of everything. Um, I guess I was just getting too old for hangovers, I guess. <laughs> like it wasn't fun anymore. And then, um, <laughs> I hear you do. Um, you know, I, you know, my son's 12, almost 13. So they watch everything like you do, I, bro. I, and, and and I know he does, and you know he's he's a smart kid. And even though I wasn't really drinking a lot between the time that you know we would get home from work and he would go to bed, but then I would, you know, I'd tear it up between you know eight and ten because I got to make up for the few hours I didn't drink. And 
Yeah, I you know I just, I've, um, I've done it a couple of times where I get on the wagon for a while. I'm like, all right, I got to pull back a bit. But you know, I mean, the older I get, the more responsible I get. And you're right, the hangover suck, dude. When you get to that point, yeah. The reason why, and I, and I, I didn't really go ahead. Really, I I just didn't. Uh, I just came home like one Friday, and I went to grab a beer, and there wasn't no beer, and I was like, oh man, I didn't stop on the way, like so I didn't feel like going back out and. Like a day turned into the weekend, which turned into a week, which turned into a month. And I was like, man, I don't even miss this at all. Like, why keep wasting the money? And then we're at 10 months. Right. Man, you're way too logical. <laughs> I don't know if we could hang out. <laughs> How hard is it I'm to... Uh, stubborn, too. Yeah, well, that's good. A little bit of stubborn's good. How hard is it to... I mean, I see you posting shit all the time, like food and stuff like that. How hard is it to actually find something that is... That, that fits what, what you're trying to do. Um, as far as eating out? Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff you show, it looks like Whataburger uh, for vegans. That one thing you posted that oh, day, yeah, I was like, is. damn, dude, yeah. I wish I could find one of those places. I would never, yeah, never, so, never eat. I, like, okay, do you eat sushi? Like, or did you? I used to. So. Yeah, I did. If someone told me right now, like, I never ate sushi till about four years ago, five years ago. And, uh, and I think it, sushi is like uh it's like taking acid or eating mushrooms you definitely don't want to do it by yourself the first time you want somebody who's done it before to kind of walk you through it you know what i mean i know you've probably not done acid yeah, yeah. or mushrooms you're in the military but um <clears throat> you definitely don't want to do it on your own because you, you end up going into a wormhole and next thing you know you're eating unfried eel eggs or some shit but so yeah but i I've, I've got on uh, we eat sushi you know quite frequently and uh if someone told me right now, look, you have a choice, you know, like the old red pill or the blue pill, you can have sushi mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you can have steak, but whatever you have, you can never have the other one for the rest of your life. I would never touch beef again if if I couldn't have sushi. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, I love sushi right. that yeah. much. And that was one of those things when I told you or when I asked you earlier about feeling clean after you eat, I will go eat my way from one end of the sushi bar to the other end of the sushi bar. And even though I'm full, I don't feel like a fat ass. I don't feel like I'm not lethargic. I'm not, I don't feel yeah. like shit. You know, I don't, I don't feel bad the next day. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. So, but no, as far as, I mean, uh, I think uh, anybody that wants to, to eat, uh, I'll use healthier or different than uh, we grew up. It's a, uh, I mean, it's definitely easier now than, than uh, the people that paved the way 5, 10, and 20 years ago. I mean, they, you know, people think, oh, all vegan eats is lettuce. And like you said, like, I mean, I, that's why I post my food. Like, I, I, I don't want people to think like, oh, like, I literally just eat lettuce in a carrot. Right. <laughs> I mean, most of the stuff, if I didn't say what it was, you'd be like, damn, that looks good. And if you ate it, you would go, damn, that is good. Because believe me, as much as I love food, I'm not, I'm not eating anything that's not physically good either. Like. Right, oh, you're not choking good. down fucking kale. Oh. My wife tries to sneak kale yeah, in no. me all the time, dude. My wife gets this oh. Cheshire grin. I know that I'm eating some shit that I've already told her I better not fucking have to eat. When I when I go to take a bite and I look at my wife and she's not eating, but she's her eyes, her head is down, but her eyes are up and she's watching me. I'm like, what am I eating? And she just smiles. The other day she did something. She's like, she, my wife, uh, I told her a couple weeks ago, I'm like, look. You got to make some more plant-based stuff. You make good, my wife's a good cook. I'm like, let's, let's try something besides, you know, 
besides spaghetti or whatever, right? Well, so she right. she made this this thing the other day, and I was like, damn. I go, this is good. I go, is that cilantro? Because I hate cilantro. She's like, no. And I was like, um, okay, all right. Well, we're going to play this game. I'm like, okay, was it kale? She's like, yep, it was kale. Because I love spaghetti. Uh, I love spinach, raw or cooked. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And I like. I love me some soul food. Like growing up in Detroit, oh, where I oh, grew yeah. up, dude. You know, a lot of my friends' moms they could throw down with some spicy chicken and some some collard greens and that. I mean, and I love that shit. I can eat a trough of collard greens. I pay for it. So does everybody else in the room. But it's good shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I mean, most most restaurants, um, almost everybody has has something you can eat. I don't think there's anywhere that I could go um, where where I didn't eat. Um, even like when we went up to Jason's party, like we went up and then we went to Hooters, and I was like, I just I just got fries. Like I can, you know, it's not that's not normally what I eat for lunch, but I don't have to go hungry even going to Hooters with a bunch of you know my buddies, right? Um, but there's, we're a, a big there's deal an app about it, out right? there called, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I knew we were going to Hooters, and then um, um, I had rode up with Cody, and he was like, "Oh man, I I didn't even think like the, you know, like oh, don't worry about it, dude. Like I, I'm not asking for anything special. Like I don't want, you know, that's why I, I don't I don't run around with this big sign and banner. Like I don't I don't need anything special from anybody. If if I got to eat fries for lunch one day, or if I can just stop and grab two apples to, you know, I, I got no problem with that. It's it's that's my choice. Like, I don't want to inconvenience anyone else. Right. Um, but there's like an app out there called happy cow, which is it's okay. really weird. Um, but like, <laughs> yeah. well, the cow's like, happy. I don't, I, I, don't know. It, right? I, I think so. Right. so. I don't know who's doing it, but like it pulls up, like if you're in it, if I come to your town, whatever, I could pull up happy cow and it could tell, it'll tell me like, you can search it from, you know, has all, you know, all the restaurants, but you could click it like a vegetarian option or vegan options. And it'll tell you like, oh, you can, you know, this is one mile away and you can go there and order this and this, but ask for no cheese and then it's vegan. Or um, there's more and more uh, vegan restaurants too. Uh, and San Antonio is great. I mean, I don't get to Austin often, but uh, their uh, their community of plant-based food is, is a lot bigger than San Antonio. And there's just more and more of the bakery I go to and the post treats of every Saturday that's 100% vegan. Um, and if you ate it, you'd never know. That's cool, man. That's, I mean, you know, that's what, I think that's what needs to happen. I think that the government needs yeah. to get their hands out of it. I'm, I'm a big, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not anti-government as much as I'm anti-politician and I'm anti-people, oh, spit, yeah. anti-people spitting in the soup. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to kind of get their mm-hmm. fucking hands in it. And so, you know, that's where I'm at with, with that kind of stuff. And, and you, you have people that are doing it for the, all the right reasons and trying to make a business out of it so that it's sustainable. That's what makes things sustainable. That's what people, that's, that's, that's the only soapbox that I'll get on politically on this podcast is I'll tell you, if you want to have things like options, like vegan options and other, uh, I don't even, I can't think of anything else because this is the subject that we're on. Capitalism is what mm-hmm. does that. Making it, you want yeah. you want to sustain something. You have to make it sustainable, and in order to be sustainable, it has to ha- it has to be profitable, you know. And so that's what 
yeah. makes things, that's what makes the world go around. That's, you know, and I won't get on a soapbox and get into some political diatribe because I have a tendency to do that. But just, just be thankful. See, now I have your cell phone number. So I, mm-hmm. you might be the subject of, you might end up with some weird text from me about some fucking political thing. And I apologize in, in advance. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I, I don't, I never have enough ears to listen to because I was raised by, uh, incredibly liberal agnostic parents and uh i'm not liberal and i'm not agnostic my dad my dad wasn't as agnostic as my mom was but my mom was definitely like my mom is that was the one thing she told me after my dad died you know like um i don't know if you've ever been through that and hopefully you know eventually you're gonna go no through no it, but, not but, yet know, when it happens it, it changes you uh but you know it was like finding out that my dad had a secret and my dad's secret was that my mom told me was that he was he was a liberal, and I was like, "What are you fucking talking about?" I'm like, "My dad, my dad, the Marine, my dad that went and signed up for Vietnam, my dad that got in line for that fucking shit show of boot camp in 1969 to go over to Vietnam." My dad was a liberal? And she's like, oh, yeah. Like, all the way down. I was like, I wish you would have never told me. I could have gone the rest of my life and not known that. Because here's what I'll The other thing I'll tell you about. My dad never told me who he voted for. And I started asking my dad that question when when Ronald Reagan was elected. I can remember asking my dad, who are you voting for? He's like, don't ask me that. It's none of your business. I'm like, I'm seven. Like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it all the way through to find out that my dad was a liberal afterwards. I would have thought all day long that my dad would have been a, you know, he was a sharpshooter in, in the, the Marines yeah. and carried a side piece, but and what, I, what, you know. But was he then, though, or was it something that he changed over time? Well, we'll never know, right? Because the only thing that I can oh, ever, yeah. the only thing I can ever do is go off my mom. And she, my mom would never lie to me. I, that's why I... That's why I know that, that that it's a true story. But my dad never yeah. talked politics with people, and I talk politics with anyone that will talk politics with me, and I will play both sides of it. Like, I I tell everybody, I voted for Obama the first time. I absolutely did. You know, I absolutely voted for him. I didn't vote for him the second time. I'll tell anybody, you know, right. that's, that's my problem, is you'll find out as, you know, as time goes on, I will I will tell you who I voted for, I will text you a picture of my butthole if you want one. You know what I mean? Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I got no shame in my game. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a tra- I'm tr- completely transparent. I, it, no man has a good enough memory to be a successful liar. And that is me to a T. I am not good oh, at you're, it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're a hundred, hundred, hundred percent right on that. I don't and even that's try. That's why it's easier to be b- brutally honest is, uh, is, uh, one of my, <laughs> qualities it, it's not always uh, the most liked one but i mean it's the only one like i just I, like i'm sorry like i'm not i'm not gonna sugarcoat anything like it is what it is like if you don't like it like don't be mad at me because i spoke the truth like because that's all i'm gonna do so if you if you don't want the truth and answer don't ask yeah my customers find that out like i, I had a guy today this guy comes in and uh First time customer just moved here from Colorado. He, you know, he vetted us. He found us through Google, looked at our Google reviews. And if somebody leaves me a negative Google review, if you ever want a good laugh, go on 
the Better Business Bureau site or on Yelp or on Google and look at my reviews because if somebody gives me a negative review, I respond with as much anecdotal humor, sarcasm, and curse words as I can get away with in one of those. <clears throat> and uh, so this guy comes in and he, or he calls me on the phone, orders up a tire, and uh, I get the tire in. And, and I ask people, do you want, you know, if I don't know you and I haven't dealt bus done business with you before, I'm not going to sell you the most expensive thing I got over the phone unless you tell me that's what you want. So the guy, and we're having this conversation back and forth. I'm like, well, what kind of tire do you want? He's like, well, I want a good tire, but I don't want, you know, I don't want the most expensive tire you got, but I don't want the cheapest tire you got. So I'm like, okay, this is the tire I would, I would give him that information. This guy's not a hardcore rider. He's probably not a high mileage rider. You know, right? So I know I can sell him something middle of the road. So I sell him a Michelin Commander 2, which is a good tire, by the way. So he yeah. comes in today, first time in, seems like a nice guy. You know, he's got all his shit together. He takes the tire. He goes, is this the tire here? I'm like, yeah. And he looks at the Julian date on it. He goes, this tire is a year old. I said, what? He's like, yeah, it was the 13th week of 19. And this is the seventh week of 20. This tire is almost a year old. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I have been a tire salesman since 1990. I have been to Uniroyal yeah. Goodrich College. I said, I have never had a customer look at a Julian date on a tire. I go, why is that important? Yeah. I go, I don't sell any do. factory seconds. I don't sell any factory seconds. I don't, well, but you buy tires for the military for cars. You just yeah, said, yeah, you, you know, yeah. you're in purchasing. So it's a little bit different. So I asked this guy this, and he's like, well, this place I go and do track days on his CVO Electric Glide Limited, by the way, he says, uh, they won't let you on the on the track without or on the closed course without a tire that's newer than three years. And he goes, and I don't ride enough mileage to wear a tire out. I go, dude, I go, you didn't tell me that. I go, you asked for a middle of the road tire. I go, this is not the tire I'd put on my bike if I was buying tires for my bike. This is a good tire, but that's not, you didn't tell me that. And so we ended up, we yeah. ended up ordering him a different tire to get him taken care of and be happy in that. But I told him, I go, look, I, I realize I come off as an asshole, but I'm honest, you know, if I'm nothing, if not honest, you know, and people, uh, people break their bikes and bring it to me. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't break your bike. Or my favorite is I've already spent $800 over at this other shop getting this fixed. And I go, and they didn't fix it. Right. That's why you're here. Right. Yeah. I go, well, that $800, I go to me, that's like a death in your family. I'm sorry for your loss, but I had nothing to do with it, pal. This is how much it costs to get it fixed here. And so, you know, we're a I'm abrasive, but my staff isn't, but I'm just like, look, I, you know, I'm sure you get pulled yeah, in a you, lot of directions you, at work. I get pulled in yeah. every direction at work, you know, and I'm still trying to do my stuff. I've got a little area in the back that I do all my builds at, and I've got four complete builds going on right now that I've got Aaron's Midwestern grinders that we we're waiting on wheels for. I've got, I've got a client over in uh, England that I build bikes for. I got his next build. I've got Cam's build. I don't know if you heard the last episode, Nothing Stock Cam. That's one of my best friends. I got his build going back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm building a, a bike for a cop right now, a uh, dude named Kevin Terry. We're doing a Sportster hardtail Sportster for him. And then I've got my FXR I've got to get that's out at paint that's got to be at the, the Jody Perowitz and Dave Perowitz paint show uh, coming up in, oh, nice. in bike week. So I keep busy is what I'm getting at. Yeah, but I mean, you, you you can't eat 
you can't eat the last shop's loss. I mean, no, I mean, it's just stupid for a customer to think that. Like, it would be like going like to a restaurant and walking away and then going to the next steakhouse and going, like, Look, I was just over at this steakhouse. I need, look, I, yeah. I, I can't pay you full price for your steak because I already spent half my money over there. It's like, I, I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The reason they're, the reason they're not there anymore is because they either don't want to do it or can't fix the problem. Either way, like, you can't eat that. Like, you want to fix right? I'll, I'll tell you how much it'll cost. Right, exactly. So, have you been to Sturgis or Daytona or Laconia or yes, any of that Sur stuff? Yeah, I did Sturgis. Sturgis. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did Sturgis uh, ten years ago. I went in twenty ten. Well, so this is uh, twenty twenty. That was the seventieth. I know. So you're going this year, yeah. right? You're going to show up. You're just going to show up this year, right? I don't know. I, I, I even said in 2010 when I went, I was going to go again in 2020. Like You heard it here um, first on the Helen Wheels Garage Wheel podcast. <laughs> Justin FLHX on Instagram. Go and follow him. He's going to be at the Sturgis at the 80th. <laughs> I, 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 I may. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Well, you got to come out. Uh, you got to go hang out. Yeah, I mean, I had fun. It was my first time I rode up with a, a buddy I used to ride with here at the time. Uh, him and his wife were going to go. Um, she found out she was pregnant, so she didn't want to ride anymore, and he still wanted to go. So, so we went up. I mean, I had a blast. Got That's to a see happy all accident. the, you know, all the sights. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, we stayed. Uh, he, he had rented one of those trailers, like right at the Buffalo Chips. So we stayed there. I mean, I had a blast, dude. You gotta, you gotta go again. Look, man, you gotta go again. This, this year is gonna be fire, absolute fire. And if you can't go to that event, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your beautiful wife and your son, and I want you to, to book a ticket to come to Orlando and land somewhere June 12th, and then you can come to my motorcycle show. It's indoor here in Florida. It's the 13th and 14th, and then spend the next week with your, your wife and son at Disney World and then head back to Texas. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Got to do something. <laughs> yeah. No, I heard crickets after well, that. Yes. I heard crickets. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, the button. <laughs> but yeah, Sturgis was fun. Like, um, I rode, I got the t-shirt, I got the license plate, all that stuff. Uh, I rode. That's an um, awesome. Yeah, it was. It was super fun. That's an awesome event, dude. It, it was. I mean, I know there's there's. I know Jace like Jace likes to go every year. Like, but to me, like even going in 2010, like I did, I wasn't like, oh, I want to go next year, like. To me, really? like oh, like oh, there was just ha happened. To, no, I just I don't know. Maybe uh, you went with the wrong people, dude. Maybe now I you went with the wrong people. Possibly, I'm just telling yeah, you that I mean, right there. <laughs> you know what? There's two Sturgises, so I'll tell you that you're right. I get where you're coming, where you're coming from. You know, a, a guy like you, you're you're not in the business. You know, you 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 don't love motorcycles any less than I do. I can assure you of that. And I, you know, I pig out on motorcycles twenty four seven, but there's two Sturgises. There's the Sturgis from the inside, that's the industry, and then there's the Sturgis from the outside. And the one in the industry yeah. is a much, much smaller group of people in a much more full week. I mean, we don't get the opportunity that you do to go out and ride. We have to be, Cody and I have to be, you know, we don't have to be, but when I say this is like, if we're going, there's a reason, right? So we go, we get, we arrive right. there, we arrive there Saturday night, we get checked into our house because we run a house every year. We go to the FXR show on Sunday. 
Monday, we go to Jeff's show, the V2 Envisioner show. Tuesday is the Sports or Showdown. Wednesday is the Parowitz Paint Show. Thursday is the Corey Sue's Original Show. And the, the uh, Evil Engineering uh, Performance Bike Show at the Iron Horse. And then Friday is our only down day where we don't have somewhere that we really, you know, have told people we're going to be. And by Saturday morning, we're back in the truck heading back to Texas. So uh, it's a very different week. And this year, um, I'm set up with a group of people called uh, that are in the handmade lot. It's me, Bill Dodge from Bling Cycles, Xavier Muriel from Providence Cycle Works. He's out of Texas. You know who that is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard the name. Xavier Muriel is, uh, you can check him out on, uh, on Instagram. It's Providence Cycle Works with an X, but he is the, he's the drummer. He used to be the drummer of Buck Cherry back in when they were one of the biggest bands in the world <clears throat> back in the crazy bitch days. But, uh, there's him, there's blings, there's mad pen cycles. There's, uh, Chris from Chris Callen from Cycle Source Magazine. They're really kind of the curators of that, and it goes on at the Broken Spoke. So we'll be set up there in Daytona, and then we're gonna we're gonna take that show on the road and go to Sturgis. So it's a it's a different it's a much different event. And I went in 08, and then I took a few years off, and then uh, we went 16, 17, 18. I couldn't go because my dad. Um, that all happened all at the same time. Cody and I both had some really big losses in our lives, and so we took a year off. And uh, went back in 19. So, but. yeah, honestly, like when I went in 10, I, I didn't know about like all these shows and stuff that I know of now, like mostly from, from listening to Jason's podcast and all his, and all the people he's had on. Like, I'd like, I guess I, I went to Sturgis. Uh, we walked around Main Street either all day and then, you know, rode the, the rides and then came back to the Buffalo Chip. I, you know, so maybe I would have way more fun just you know, going to, you know, the FXR show and meeting some of these guys, you know, more people from the gram. Dude, um, and the just FXR putting the name show face and stuff like that is amazing. It'll, it, it's, it's, uh, it does. It tie, you know how you said when you went to Jace's party, like kind of tied everything, you put a face with the name and all that stuff, mm-hmm. bro. I'm telling you right now, I have, so here's something you may or may not know about me. Like I used to belong to Jesse James website. It was the chopper dogs. My oh, yeah, I, I've heard you talk about that. Absolute best friends in the world are result of motorcycles. And Mike in England, uh, he was a chopper dog. Cody was a chopper dog. Uh, Cam, I, I met just through motorcycling through the shop and that. But, I mean, chopper dogs are people that I, dude, I drop everything. I would drop everything for those guys because i know they would do the same for me and so when we go to the fxr show you got guys like daryl huxel who i'm going to have on the podcast here soon um he's another guy like yourself that's just kind of a he's awesome dude he's in the motorcycles like real hardcore but he's uh you know i mean the guy i believe the guy is a uh he's a produce salesman right in Minnesota. Oh, okay. But he is like, he's this solid gold dude that's at the FXR show. And that's where, that's where you get to put a face on it. And you know, you get these little snippets of time where you get to spend, you know, we spend four or five hours together. We're drinking some beers. We're having some laughs. We're talking some shit. And that carries you through, uh, the rest of the year. So you spend, you spend four or five hours with these dudes and you have things to talk about through text. And you're kind of, you kind of, 
it's like it's not this friendship where it's like you know you and your brother live together right that you know you occupy the same mm -hmm. space so you know everything that's going on and so it's a very intimate relationship these are very different relationships there's time for that but you get to be good friends with somebody have somebody reliable in your life somebody that you can throw ideas out to that's not going to lie to you but that isn't in your shit there's a difference right so it's a it's a right. very good space it's a very good space so you got to go that's what i'm saying that's all i'm saying you know, it's a couple days out of your life. Oh, well, Just what, come for half the week. I'll see what I can do. That's what Daryl Huxel does. I'm trying to get Daryl to come for the whole time this time. At least stay a couple extra days. Like last year, he went home after the FXR show. The day after the FXR show, he went home. And I'm like, dude. You got to stay a little bit longer this time. He's like, I know, if I, you know, so it's, it's just, it's, that's how these relationships foster themselves. And, you know, you met, you met a bunch of guys at Jace's party. Those are good dudes, man. You know, Curtis Hoffman. Yeah. I, you know, Jace and I, Jace and I are actually really good friends. Like, really yeah, I didn't realize until uh, I, I only got through half of the podcast he dropped today that he said something about when you were on the podcast before. And I was like, man, I, like, I don't remember. So I, I, I scrolled back and I was like, sure shit. It was like episode 63 or something. I was like, man, like I was like, maybe that was when I started following you or we've been friends. Uh, but I guess Jason, I have, I've been on Jason's podcast three times and I have him. I finally had him on my podcast, uh, last week, but the episode hasn't dropped. I've got, I just dropped a new episode today, yeah. uh, with Corey Souza and Cody. And then I've got, this will be my third one that I'll have in the can. I've got, uh, Paul Weidman from bare knuckle choppers. And I've got Jace, and I'm I'm I gotta tell you, dude. Um, and now I'm telling everybody. So, but I was I'm not intimidated by many people or many things, and I'm not intimidated by Jace. I love Jace. Um, Jace is actually somebody that I consider a good friend. Uh, but I wanted to be very mindful of having him on. Jace is doing something uh, in this this medium that I don't even think he realizes that he's doing. But he is figuratively and literally the Joe Rogan of the motorcycle podcast world, and he doesn't even know it. Oh, yeah. There's, I, I, there's yeah, all, absolutely. There's For all of these other people that are doing motorcycle podcasts. In my podcast, I don't know if you know it or not, but it's eight years old. Like, I've been doing this yeah, for I, eight I years. Actually, I, I, yeah, when you, when you hit me up, I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And I was like, you know, I kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I had – um when you said you were going to do 50 a year or whatever. And I was like, Oh man, it's February. And this, he's already reached out. He's already at me. <laughs> On a, like, you know, everybody in the, everybody in the motorcycle industry, like, no, then, I've uh, got so a I lot in back my back listened. pocket, man. I, I, no, I, I want, good yeah, no, guests. I know. I can listen to them all. You did. Yeah. Oh, wow. So what I was you... like, man, like, yeah, I've got some, I've got, I want to make sure I have guys on there that are, and girls, I've, I've had Jody on there, but I want to make sure that people understand why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for a yeah, much no, different reason sure. than Jace. I, yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I wish, um, I wish San Antonio had an awesome motorcycle shop that wasn't the, the dealership, like, like, like your shop, like, um. Uh, Texas performance in in Austin, um, Justin Kelly's in Dallas, like San Antonio. I mean, there's a couple shops here, but there's no like awesome motorcycle shops. Like that's a bummer. Dealers, like that's a bummer. I know. Like 
I mean, there's, you know, there's always people that, you know, I, I can work, I do my own services and I do stuff like that, but, um, and my new one's still under warranty again. So, I mean, right. <laughs> they mostly take care of most stuff. Well, when I, what I was talking about with Jace and, and this is what I mean by this, and this is, a, this is as good a place as any to kind of parse this out to somebody that's uh, kind of looking from the outside in is that. There's lots of motorcycle podcasts now, and I don't, I'm not besmirching anybody. I'm not saying that none of them are good. What I'm saying is, is that, you know, when you look at Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan carries a certain amount of weight because he's in, he occupies a certain uh, space that he has a, a reputation where people want to be on his show. And so yeah. Jace doesn't create content to create content. And, you know, where he's not a Rhodes Scholar, and he admits it. He's not an orator, and he admits it. Um, what he is, is he's a, he's a, a, a good-hearted fan of what everybody's doing. And if he has somebody on their show, it's because he believes in what their mantra is. Where I'm, I'm the guy, I'm playing to the back of the room, I always will. Jace is able to play to the back of the room at the same level that I am but he's also the guy that people want to be on his show. And I'm completely okay with that. And that's why I say I'm kind of the Adam Carolla, the Mark Marin of motorcycle podcasts. And you know what? I hope everybody has a successful podcast and this may never be my main source of income, but Jace intends for it to be his. And I pray and hope and will do everything in my power to make sure that Jace is successful in what he's doing, because I believe in Jace. I know Jace believes in what he's doing. He's a great dude, and he gets he gets gold every once in a while. That did you listen to the yeah. Danny G podcast? Yes, that was gold. The San Diego Customs that was gold. But Danny G is the by far the best podcast that Jace has ever produced. Is the Danny G podcast, and that to me that sets the bar so high. To where when I'm having somebody on, it's because I want to hear what you have to say. I, I've i watched you from afar for long enough now that I wanted to have you on here for no other reason other than I find you interesting. I find your Instagram stories interesting. I can kind of kind of pick and or kind of pick out your personality traits and then having this conversation with you. Because if, if somebody doesn't know, this is the first time you and I have ever talked. There's been a few exchanges yeah, on social media, but we've never spoken. And this, so this is this is a, a pretty solid a pretty solid piece, and uh, I'm I'm real happy that you uh, that you took the time to do this because I dude I quit doing this um, or parked it. I wouldn't say I quit. I never quit. I I never didn't want to have my podcast be relevant. And uh, when I couldn't book guests because they didn't understand. The, this media format style of, you know, this open-ended conversation. Um, I just kind of parked it, you know, I had somebody that was very important to me, somebody that was very well respected in our industry, in the motorcycle industry. And I won't say who he is. He, he knows who he is. And I, and I think he probably listens to my podcast. He gave me notes one time and it was, he wanted everything to be produced. He wanted everything to be planned. He wanted everything to be logged oh. and recorded and that's not the kind of show I want, dude. I want the kind of show where yeah, that's not you and I fluid, like exactly where you and I we finally get going into a good conversation about forty minutes in, 
And those of us or those people that stuck around for those first 40 minutes and got into the last 40 minutes are going to be impressed with what they hear or they're going to know that they've got some, you know, they've got some real content here and that they, you know, I feel like we kind of all kind of know who you are now just based on, you know, hopefully you get some more followers out of it. And if you, is your, is yours open or do you have to request? To yeah, it's you? open. Cool. So no, you know, no, no, I think you can that's just, what you can, yeah, no, I mean, I don't have nothing to hide. I'm not like one of those like Instagram models that doesn't want creepy girls or guys checking out or whatever. I mean, it's open. I, I mean, I don't. Uh, so if you're a I'm creepy not, guy or creeper girl, hey, go to Justin FLHX because uh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can check him out. That's great, dude. So, but yeah, no, it's, it's open. I don't have nothing to hide. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I, uh, I was late to, to Instagram. I kind of just was like, oh, man, the last thing I want is two social medias and I'm posting the same thing, but I've kind of like kind of scrolled back Facebook. Facebook is, I mean, everyone that says that Facebook is toxic. It's all negative. And, it um, is. I feel like, I feel like every time I'm on Facebook, I'm pissed off and I could, I could scroll through Instagram for an hour and, and all I see is stuff. I want to see stuff that makes me happy. <laughs> Motorcycles, guns, knives. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's perfect, man. I don't know. My the thing that happens to me though is where this happened this morning. I woke up this morning and I felt like my right ear was like I, I couldn't hear out of it correctly. So I go into the bathroom and I get a Q tip and I clean my ear out and I didn't find anything that was, you know, abnormal. And I walked out to the to you know, to the to the living room and Karen's making coffee for both of us and I said to her, I said, Man, I said, I can't I can't hear out of my right ear. I I don't know what's going on. Dude, I opened up my Instagram feed and there was a thing about cleaning out your ears. And I was like, get the fuck oh, out of here, man. Like Google is listening no, to what I'm saying. I'm freaked the fuck out. I'm <laughs> turn the Google home off. Yeah. Get that fucking thing out. No. I, but I do think it I I dude, I don't know. It's very serendipitous. It's very weird. It's very creepy at the same time. But it's the world we live in now. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like Yeah, uh, like I wasn't alive in this in the seventies, but they, you know, everyone was always worried about the, the CIA listening to them. And now we have the little CIA that we plug in. Yeah. We go and buy 25. Like, I got a deal. This Google home device is only $25. The last one I bought was a hundred dollars. Can you believe I got a Google home for $25 and some dude in a van in front of my house is going like, yeah, I run that back. I think he said, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's bananas, yeah. dude. We do live in a very fucking bizarre time in history right now it is it is what it is dude like you said earlier you ain't got anything to hide i don't have anything to hide my uh my google search is a pretty bad neighborhood so i would encourage anybody to not look at it but it's pretty funny at the same time you know what i mean i mean i yeah you know i don't want to say anything disparaging but there's some i've 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 searched some pretty crazy shit so yeah we all have i mean that's just we don't have to like i was just my my son doesn't understand you know he he grew up with google like and he doesn't understand like when i was a kid like if you didn't know something you had to jump on your bike you had to ride to the library lock your bike up you had to go inside go to the card catalog you, you know the dewey decimal go to the system index of, yeah go to the index of whatever you were looking for um and then go find that book and hopefully the book is uh newer than the information you want to find out and he like he, he doesn't understand it I'm like, man, you're lucky. Like, you can literally just sit here and be like, "Okay, Google," and ask a question, and it just tells you the answer. Like, 
I can remember going and this was my move is I'd go to the library because you remember you'd have uh, you'd have those classes where, okay, everybody, a report is due at the end of this six weeks. Right. So on Fridays, every Friday, you're going to the library for a fourth period. And I can remember going and getting the reference materials and looking up the word fart, looking up dick, looking up vagina, (laughs) looking up all these weird notes. And I remember that fart was a verb. And it said a minor explosion between the legs. I just think that's the funniest thing ever. And the fact that kids don't have that anymore, that they they know what a fart is. Like, I'm going to tell you something that I did that's funny. Okay, this is funny to me. This is how my brain works. So I was somewhere and someone had their iPhone set up to talk in an in, in Australian accent. So I was mm-hmm. like, what? Get the fuck out of here. So, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, the iPhone is the most racist device on the planet. I have, I changed my iPhone. It has, this is so weird. They have an an Indian, dot, not feather, accent mm-hmm. that you can have. So all my turn-by-turn directions is somebody that is talking exactly like this. Dude, it is the most racist thing in the world. It's the funniest thing in the world to me. So Karen and I were driving somewhere, and I had my turn-by-turn directions. She's like, turn here now. Turn right here now. And it reads my text messages back to me. So I say the nastiest things in my text messages, and then it reads it back to me through Apple CarPlay. It's the funniest. It's the most racist thing I've ever done in my entire life, and it's the funniest thing at the same time. And my wife, who has the sense of humor of a nun that's lived in the convent for 10 years, looks at me like I'm the biggest idiot in the world. And that's when I know, that's when I know I've done something funny. (laughs) Dude, I want to appreciate or tell you how much I appreciate you taking time to do this with me. This has been very fun, very awesome. And I hope we get a chance to get some FaceTime someday where I can put my hand in your hand and say thank you and shake your hand and get to know you and maybe go out for one of these crazy vegan meals that you eat that look amazing, like Whataburger without the burger, you know? uh, And I'll I'll, I'll put this out there. If you show up at 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 the 80th, Man, we'll, we'll we'll take you around and, and we'll we'll show you what Sturgis looks like from the inside out. We'll get you into the Michael Lichter show and you can see the the art exhibit there. That's the motorcycles and uh, tell everybody if they want to follow you on Instagram, tell them what your handle is and 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 you know plug anything you want to plug. And I really, Justin, I appreciate you doing this, man. This has been fun. I'm trying to do more things like this that are with some people that are on the outside looking in, so I can get some insight and maybe get some good anecdotes and some jokes. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. It was uh, great talking to you. Um, I think we had a good conversation. Um, if anybody wants to follow me again on Instagram, it's Justin FLHX. Um, that's about it. And uh, go to the Apple. Go to go to the Apple iStore and download Happy Cow. That's the app, right? I'm going to download that. Yeah, I want to check Cow. it out. I want to try to. For yeah. no other reason other than to just kind of put my fo- put my toes in the water and see see what's out there that's different, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. I'll talk to you soon, or I'll see you on the gram. All right, Jason. Have a good one. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun. I haven't done that before. Talked to somebody I've never talked to before, ever in my life. Just somebody from the Instagrams and uh, the Facebooks and... uh, 
just get his insight and kind of hear about something different. Everything can't be motorcycle industry stuff. I can't take myself more seriously than uh, than than I need to. So um, again, it's Justin F L H X on the Instagram. He'll go ahead and give him a follow. I mean, he's a great dude. Uh, sounds like a really cool guy. He's a veteran or still active duty, and he's put in his time. And uh, you know, he's vegan. And I know a lot of people are kind of on the fence on that stuff, but I followed him for the last 18 months or two years, and the dude has made a transformation. And uh, I'm not promoting any of that stuff, but I'm just saying, hey, keep an open mind. And uh, you know what? Here's what I'll tell you. I'll leave you with this. The best accessory you can put on your motorcycle is more miles. So get your ass out on your motorcycle and go for a ride. And uh, thanks for listening to the Helen Wheels Garage Built Podcast. Listening to the Hell on Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Thank you for listening.